Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. You're in for a wonderful word tonight. I want you to welcome with me and here in the room, Dr. Cindy Trim. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Our Father and our God will give you praise and honor and glory for tonight. We pray for your anointing. It's your anointing that breaks yokes. We thank you, Father, that when we complete this series, we will have had a paradigm shift of how we can actually be everything that you have called us to be, including being lights in this world, cities that are set on this hill and on a hill that cannot be hid. You have called us to be the head and not the tail, first and not last. And I pray pray, oh God, that tomorrow and the next day and the next year, we will be walking in our destiny. You have created this world for us to prosper in, lead in, so that we as ambassadors of righteousness and of truth can, Father, positively affect our families and communities and industries and governments and, and this world until the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and you shall reign forever and ever. Bless us tonight, oh God. <laughs> Cause your people to be encouraged. Empower them, Father, not only to be able to discern what your will is, but to do your will. Father, we have many decisions that we have to make, and we are asking, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us, that you would give us the wisdom and knowledge, that you would give us the insight, the revelation, that you would give us the instruction, that you would give us the ability so that we can look at the options that are laid ahead of us and make those right decisions. You have presented before us are a life and death you have presented before us blessing and cursing and today we choose a life we choose blessings in the name of Jesus we decree and declare father that as we sit as we hear as we listen as we meditate father that you would give us the uh, ability to take these principles and apply it to our lives that we would be doers of the word and not only hearers only bless our time to together in Jesus name. Amen. Someone bless the Lord. We are here with our, my life group tonight and we are digging deep and I know those of you that are around the world and you are in your life group I know without a shadow of a doubt that tonight is going to be a blessing to you. I want to draw your attention to the book of Luke chapter 15 and in it there is a story about the prodigal son. Now those of you that have heard the series spiritual maturation we know he was prodigal not because he was rebellious but because he was immature. 
His father actually gave him permission to go out there and discover yourself. And he had an encounter where he came to himself, where through a series of decisions, he ends up in the pig pan. But in this particular text, it's interesting if we go down, starting from verse number um 16, the Bible talks about him having an experience after he was sent uh, into uh, this this country to fill uh, into a field to feed swines. Now, if you read uh, scriptures when the Bible uh, begins to talk about how Jesus taught concepts, he taught parables. And here we have another parable that is speaking, uh, spoken uh, of uh, to the disciples by Jesus. And he was talking to them about the power of decisions. Uh, and he used the example of a man having two sons. One decided to stay with his father and the other decided to go out and to... Uh, uh, find himself in the world. He comes to a place where he hits rock bottom. And verse number 16 said, when he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, um, how many of my hired servants or many, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. The Bible said, and he arose and came to his father. And then he took 100% responsibility after he kissed and did all of the formalities. He said, I've sinned against heaven and earth, being able to take 100% responsibility for his life. Now, it's interesting because when we talk about destiny, a lot of people, it's still kind of mysterious uh, concerning uh, how we should live and what God has planned for our life. But destiny goes beyond just what God has planned for our lives. It's about us making a decision to be in sync with that plan. And uh, a lot of us live our lives um, pro, uh, reactive rather than proactive. And we have to become more proactive if we're going to see the will of God and the plan of God uh, being expressed uh, in, in, in such a way where we are actually making a difference in our industry, in this world, in our families, uh, as ambassadors of Christ. Now, when he said to himself, in other words, up until that point, he was driven by external um, forces and even internal forces, one of them being immature, immaturity. But when you mature in the things of the Lord, you will begin to discover that one of the greatest battlefields is your own mind. And um, the wrestle that we have every single day, what's right? What should I do? There's so many options. Who, who should I invite into my life? Who shouldn't I invite into my life? There's so much that is coming at us. But in Luke chapter 14, if you would turn there with me, please, to verse number 28 to 30. The Bible said, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and it is not able to finish. All who see it began to mock, mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So which of you intending? This is the law of intention. And that word intending comes from a Greek word, fellow, fellow, which means to will or to purpose or to determine or to resolve. When it comes to you making decisions, these are resolutions that you are making. You're resolving within your own self. 
It is, it is an act of will. It's not an act of skill, but it's an act of will. Which of you intending? Because a lot of times we say, well, I don't have the education. I don't have the skill. But making a difference, doing something better, being able to improve the quality of your life, being able to improve the quality of your family, being able to send your children to the best of schools, is not a skill, it's will. It's an act of, of your will. Which of you intending, using your will to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. So you're going to sit down, you're going to meditate. So you go from intentions to thought. A lot of people don't have the future they dream of because they don't put enough thought into it. We allow other people's thoughts to determine where we're going. But as you think in your own heart, what you think about yourself, what you think that you are worth, what you think that, that you can do, that's exactly what you're going to do. That's exactly what you're going to own because these are your thoughts. The Bible said, lest after he laid the foundation and is able to finish um, and, and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So this is action. So you go from intention to thought to action. So when it comes to your life, this is how uh, destiny is birthed. It's birthed uh, with, with these three different, it flows from these three different dimensions. So destiny flows from the dimension of thought and manifests itself as a product of intention and action through obediently following the word of the Lord. So these are the three processes by which you make life decisions that, that maintains or alters the path you take in life. So if you want to alter it, it's going to take thought, intention, and action. If you want to stay on the same path, it's going to take thought, intention, and action. You have to live your life intentionally. It's not about skill. It's about will. Listen to this. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not eat from the king's table, and he didn't. David purposed in his heart that he would not sin against God. Which of you intending to build? Which of you are, have, have purposed in your heart? Which of you intending to build? It didn't only say build. It goes on. Which of you intending to battle? So it means to fight for something. We're either going to fight for a cause or we're going to fight for our rights. And I think about Gandhi and Martin Luther King and Mandela and Jesus. I think about women's rights and human rights and cancer and HIV and human trafficking and education and health care. Somebody is fighting for a cause. So if God is calling you as a change agent, an agent of change, and if it's going to use you to make a difference in your family, in your community, in industry, in this world, you're either going to intend to do something or f to fight for something. We want to fight for our family. We want to fight for our rights. And you're going to come up against opposition, but you don't fight because you're being opposed. Opposition is there to determine how bad you want something and also so for you to build muscle so that when God elevates you and promotes you, you have the muscle power to be sustained in that new realm or new level of influence or dominion or wherever God is taking you. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. It's in Matthew chapter uh, 9, verse uh, 20 to 22. The Bible said that she had been fighting for so long for her health. 
And the Bible said it was 12 years that she was fighting for her health. She wanted to get her health back. But then one day she happened across Jesus and she said in herself, listen to this. She said in herself, this is a product of thought. If I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. That's an intention. I intend, here's my thoughts, I don't want to be sick. What do you want? I want to be healed. How are you going to get there? Intention. And that intention led to an action. She touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus said, Be of good comfort, thy faith hath made you whole. Those are the three elements, her thoughts, her intention, her action. When you intend to do something, heaven conspires with earth to bring the resources together in order for your intentions to become a reality. People who try never succeed. You've got to intend to do it. You remember Star Wars and they have Yoda and Yoda had this phrase, do or do not. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it, but you're not going to intend to do something. If you intend to hit a, excuse me, if you try to hit a ball, you're never going to hit it. But if you say, I intend to hit that ball, you're going to hit the ball. This is the product of thought. Let's back this up with scripture. Genesis chapter two. This is the story of Abraham. Verse number one, Genesis chapter 22, excuse me. Verse number one, Genesis 22 Verse number one, the scripture says, and if you can go there, Genesis uh, chapter 22, verse number one, the Bible said, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abram and said unto him, Abram, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou loveth and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee off. Now, here's the caveat. Just because God asks you to do something, it doesn't mean that he requires you to do it. He just wants to know if you intend to do it. Because as the moment you intend to do something, heaven conspires with earth. I'm telling you. So that means that there should never be a time where you're second guessing. Either you're going to be in or you're out. You don't have a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, plan F. This is, uh, this is plan A. There's no plan B, plan C, plan D. I'm going to do it, and it's going to work. The Bible said Abraham rose up early in the morning, settled his ass, took two of his young men with him, Isaac his son, and claimed the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, saw the place afar off. Abraham said unto the young man, abide here with thy asses. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it, in, it upon Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. In other words, he asked me to do it. He's going to provide the lamb. Now, not you, but I know God is going to come through at this particular time for a burnt offering. So they went both together and they came to the place which God had told him at off. And Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in the order 
Born Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven. There is heaven and said, heaven and earth conspires. Called out of heaven and said, Abram, Abram. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. Now, he did not kill him. He had the intention. So listen to this. As long as you intend to do something, God considers it, it done. As long as you intend to do something, God considers it done. The Bible said, <laughs> and, 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 and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Abraham went, took the ram, offered him up for the burnt offering in the stead of his son, and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Yireh, as he said this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Now, this is, this, is, this is so interesting because it goes on. This is, the story doesn't end. The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, hath not withheld thy son. Now listen to me carefully. Whatever you withhold will impoverish you. Whatever you give will prosper you. This is why the law of giving and receiving, the law of seed, time, and harvest, this is why you have to understand the power of the seed. And I'm not talking about tithe. I'm not talking about your offering. We already know about that. We're learning about first fruit. But what a lot of people don't understand is the power of the seed. I was, I was sitting in my, uh, my um, kitchen, kitchen uh, about two days ago. And I was sitting there and God said, you're going so-and-so. When you get there, this is the seed I want you to give. And right away I said, I intend to give it. And it wasn't a small seed. It was a very large seed. And I said, I intend to give the seed. Now, I haven't showed up at the church. Nobody in the church has asked for a seed. But I realized that the moment I intend to give the seed, something supernatural will happen. This is long before I give it. Long before I give it. So I intend to give the seed. Watch when, I, when the next time we talk, I'm going to tell you of what God did to, to bless me as a result of it. We've got to get the revelation of the seed. And whenever, whenever an opportunity is given for you to give a seed, I want you to intend, intentionally give it. And I want you to deliberately give it, knowing that heaven is conspiring with earth to bring you the harvest. Now watch this. He intended to give the seed. Verse number 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself I have sworn, said the Lord, for because thou have done this thing and hast not withheld thy son or thy seed, thine only son. In other words, there ain't nothing else. That in blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. Thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. 
So Abraham returned unto his, uh, unto his young man, and they arose up and went together into Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. Now, this is fantastic, because God said, look, this is what I required of you. You intended to do it. I did not, I did not, I did not require, uh, this is what I wanted you to do, but I didn't require you to do it. But because you intended to do it, here is your harvest. You are going to have enough to bless nations. And I like this. Not just enough to bless your family. You're going to have enough to bless nations. Two years ago, three years ago, I started a program. It's called Adopt a City. So I'm no longer just blessing churches. I'm blessing cities. And one day I will bless nations. Are you hearing me? And it started out with the revelation of the seed. I'm going to prophesy one more time over your life. You are going to have the revelation of the seed. And as you give by revelation, I decree and declare God will bless you with so much that you will not only be a blessing to your immediate family, your extended family, and your community, you're going to start blessing cities and you're going to bless nations. That amen is suspicious. That amen is weak. You are going to be a blessing. And this is why you should not fear. And this is one of the areas that the enemy continues to fight us in. Because finances is not the only seed that you can give. There's a, there's, there's a, 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 a number of seed that you can give. And as we learn about seed. You're going to learn how God is going to give you a strategy to get wealth. I decree it. And it is so. And it cannot be otherwise. Are you getting this? His destiny was altered through intention. And your destiny is going to be altered. It's not just making a decision. What do you intend to do? Because there's a lot of us that make decisions and we don't do nothing about it. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. I'm going to change my job. I'm going to. And we never, we make this decision, but there's no corresponding intention. It means devil, try to get in my way. I'm going to run you over doing it. You're not going to stop me. Ain't no devil, no demon, or no deacon that's going to stop me. This is what I intend to do. Now, when it comes to making a decision, there are eight, the eight most important decisions you will ever make. And I want you to list this. The eight most important decisions you will ever have to make. Number one, the decision of who you're going to serve. You're either going to serve mammon or God, but you can serve both. Who are you going to serve? Number two, the decision of how you will live, how you will live. Prayerfully, you're living your life by the fruit of the Spirit. You're living morally. You're living ethically. You're doing the right thing. Even if it costs loss on the front end, it will cause gain on the back end. You're living ethically. You're living authentically. You're living credibly. You're true to your word. Your yay is yay. Your nay is nay. Number three. The next decision you have to make is 
where you're going to go in life. Where am I going? Where am I going to end up uh, at the end of the year? Where am, where am I going to end up the next year? Where am I going? The next decision you, you have to make is what you're going to focus on. You cannot focus on everything. You can't be distracted by everything. This is a season of productivity. That means your season of playing is over. This is your season of working. Of working on your dreams, your goal, your vision, your business, your education. Your focus is important. You got to make a decision of your life strategies. You're either going to continue with your survival skills or you're going to have life skills. You can't keep surviving. You've got to garner life skills. You got to make decisions about your relationships. What type of relationships do you need? What kind of networks do you need? How do you need to be networked? And you've got to make decisions on those relationships. You've got business relationships, friendship, intimate relationships, mentorship, coaching. You've got to, you've got to determine those uh, professional relationships, those personal relationships. Who's in your inner circle? Who's in your next circle? Who's in your circle of trust? There should be a handful of people that you trust with your life. You can't trust everybody with everything. So your circle of trust are people that you can rely on that will hold you accountable for realizing your dreams. But people can take you where they've never been. And you've got some people in your immediate circle of trust sharing your dreams, and they can't even get their dreams to pass. How are they going to help you? They have never gone to the next level in their life, in their worship, in their giving, in their professional life. They've never gone to the next level. How are they going to help you up to your next level? Who's going to push you to the next level? Who's going to speak to what you're carrying? Who's going to pray for you? Who's going to give you the word of the Lord? Who's, who, who can touch heaven on your behalf? You've got to make decisions about your relationship. Number seven, you've got to make decisions about your core values. These are your non-negotiables. Let me ask you a question. How many of you believe, believe that it's not right to lie? How many of you have ever lied? Yeah. So, so, so that means that what you say is your core value is not your core value. So you've got to go back in and you've got to say, what are my non-negotiables? These look, they could put a gun to my head and I will never do this. I don't care how much money they give. Let me tell you something. My integrity is not for sale. This is a non-negotiable. It's not for sale. There's no amount of money that you can give me that will make me compromise my Christian values. No amount of money. No amount of opportunity. No amount of skill. None. What are your non-negotiables? And these are tied to your Christian values. Even as single women, what, what, what are you going to do when, when you're lonely? Are, are, you, are, are you going to uh, 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 give up your integrity as a Christian woman? What are your non-negotiables? You've got to choose. Let's go back to your focus. What holds your attention? Who holds your attention? That's your focus. What holds your attention? There are so many people I see wasting their lives on other people's timeline. 
They can tell you everything that's going on. Who's wearing what? Who did what? Who had a birthday party? Who? They can tell you everything. But they cannot tell you anything about their own vision, their own goals, their own dreams. They spent all their lives watching other people drive in the car. That's my dream car. That's my dream house. But they're doing nothing about it. You, what holds your attention? What holds your attention? Who gets your attention and who is holding your attention? And are they worthy of it? You got to make a decision on what you feed on. What do you feed on intellectually? What do you feed on spiritually? What do you feed on nutritionally? These are decisions you've got to make. Do you have a healthy mindset? How many books do you read? What books are you reading? What's on your phone? How many books are on your phone? Besides Candy Crusher. And whatever game, Angry Birds. Whatever, whatever they're playing now. Minecraft. Whatever they're playing. What, 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 what do you feed on? Do you feed on gossip? Who has your ear? I don't care what you think about me. I care about what I think about me. You got to be careful of the frenemies that bring you information on what people are saying about you negatively. Firstly, I don't care what people say about me. I care that they say it to you. How did they get your ear anyway? Are you hearing me? What are you feeding on? What? You, 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 here, here's a decision. What you do with your time. You got to decide what are you going to do with your time? What are you going to do with your life experiences? And we've always had life experiences. Here's another thing. What are you going to do with the negative energy that you carry? When people make you mad. Do you self-destruct? Do you sabotage yourself? Or do you use that energy for productivity? When you're frustrated. If I'm ever frustrated, oh, I, I, I can do some work. I say I'm frustrated, and I channel that frustration into productivity. I don't care where you get the energy from. Energy is energy, but it's how you use it. What? You've got to make decisions with what you do with negative energy, negative um, emotions. And we are going to have negative emotions. We're going to have disappointment. We're going to have hurt. We're going to have pain. We're going to have frustration. You've got to make a decision on how you're going to harness that for your good. You've got to make a decision on what you do with your resources, what you do with your life, what you do with your gifts, what you do with your potential. You got the potential, but is it just going to stay there? What you do with opportunities. And then what you do with setbacks. Got to make a decision. And then finally, there are 10 kinds of destinies. So we know we're talking about destiny. Number one, you've got your spiritual destiny. Scripture said, Choose you this day whom you would serve. Choose life, not death. Choose blessing, not cursing. Number two, you've got your personal destiny. 
Psalm 40, verse 7 to 8 says, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God. Yea, the law is within my heart. So you've got to decide your personal brand, your vision, your legacy. Number three, your financial destiny. How do you want to live? Where do you want to live? What inheritance do you want to leave? How do you want to retire? How much do you need to retire with? Number four, your nutritional. Don't dig your grave with your fork. You Got to think about health. Every day I think about my health. I take vitamins, supplements, herbs. I wake up, I take my first set of herbs. Then at breakfast time, I take my next set of herbs and, and vitamins. And then during lunchtime, I take my next. And then before I go to bed, I take my next. And I do it every single day of my life. You've got to think about your nutrition. Um, Genesis 1, 29, 31, the Bible said, Behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. It shall be meat for you. You should make your diet at least 50% raw. You know, all this processed food is killing us. It's convenient, but it's killing us. So you've got to be able to think about uh, what you're going to eat, how you're going to eat. You've got to eat raw. You've got to eat live food. I take a lot of supplements. But if I eat all dead food, cookies, hamburgers, things that are fried, uh, uh, vegetables that are cooked, it's dead. They're dead. So if I take a supplement, guess what I'm supplementing? I'm supplementing what? Death. So in order for you to have life, you've got to supplement life. So that's your fruits, your vegetables. Eat 50% raw. Get up in the morning. Have your banana. Have your orange. Before you have bacon and eggs and grits, all of that is dead. And then you say, I take my vitamin every, every day. But a vitamin is a supplement. It's not a substitute. God said, I've given you the fruit. I've given you vegetable. This is going to be meat for you. This is going to sustain you. Then you've got to think about your social destiny. Your life will resemble those with whom you assemble. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Your life is going to resemble those with whom you assemble. Birds of a feather flocks together. If you run with the wolves, you're going to learn how to howl. But if you run with eagles, you'll learn how to fly. Then you've got to deal with your professional, your career, your career path. What is, what is your dream job? What do you need to do to qualify? It's not just about money. It's about finding an expression for your passion. And then you've got your relational. Everything in your life will rise and fall based on the nature of the quality of your relationship, particularly the relationship, listen to this, that you have with yourself and the relationship that you have with money, the relationship you have with God. It's not just relationship with people, but how do you relate to yourself? How do you talk to yourself? What is your internal dialogue like? And then there's your intellectual destiny. Daniel chapter 1, verse 17 to 20, it says, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, 
And Daniel had understanding in all vision and dreams. Now, at the end of the days that the, the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuch brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king com- communed with them. And amongst them, all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Therefore, stood before the king. And in all manners, what's this? Of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. He found them 10 times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in his realm. Daniel was an immigrant. And he was, uh, he ended up in Babylon um, as a part of uh, slave trade or uh, human trafficking. Let's put it that way. But he was so smart, they gave him a scholarship to the University of Babylon. And intellectually, he was superior, 10 times superior. What have you thought about when it comes to your intellectual, your intellectual destiny? I thought a lot about this. I have degrees up to the yin-yang. Not that I need another degree. But I thought, look. The degree that I had is now obsolete. How am I growing intellectually? How am I going to keep sharp? How am I going to be 10 times smarter than my contemporaries? So I had to make a decision for my intellectual, for my intellectual destiny. So I applied to Oxford. I applied to Harvard. I got accepted in both Oxford and Harvard. So I went to Oxford last year. I'm going to Harvard this year. It, it, it was a decision that I made. It's not about skill, but about will. And I wrote it down as a part of my vision. I didn't say, how am I going to go to Harvard? I've been out of university for so long. I didn't go there. I didn't think about that. I said, I am going to Oxford. Full stop. And heaven conspired with earth. God can drop in anybody's spirit. Pick, pick this applicant. And they might not even know why they're doing it. But heaven is going to conspire with earth. When it comes to that, you've got to be able to build capacity through reading. Ask God for supernatural wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you supernatural insight when you pray. Then number 10, you've got to have cultural. You've got to deal with your cultural destiny. Will you embrace the status quo or will you overthrow it? Are you happy to live amongst the clutter of the common? Or are you going to lead? Are you going to be a follower or a leader? Then you have to deal with your national destiny. And I'll give you an example of people that dealt with their national destiny. You have Moses, Joshua, Esther, Deborah, David. Modern day, Gandhi, Mandela, Martin Luther King, Winston Churchill. There's so many others who dealt with their decision about their destiny. One of the things that Winston Churchill said, history shall be kind to me because I intend to write it. I just rephrased it. History shall be kind to me because God has already written it. And I'm able to say, I come come in the volume of the book. It is written of me in conclusion. Destiny is about intentionality. I call it IT. It. You know when you have it. If you don't have it, 
you got to get it. And when you get it, you got to work it. You've got to be able to live intentionally. And when you find out that your thought plus intention plus action equals manifestation, you will discover where your tomorrow come from. And every day you're able to wake up, you're able to say, hello, tomorrow. Today, I've challenged you. It was the parable that Jesus spoke of, the prodigal son. He ended up giving his personal power away, but he had to take personal responsibility for the decisions that he made that led him to the pig pen. And he had a defining moment. Hold on one minute. My destiny is not determined by others, but it's determined by my decisions. And he said, I will arise, go to my father's house. And he arose. In other words, his thoughts affected his intention, his tension, his action. And his action changed the manifestation of the realities in his future. As long as he was not conscious of the effects of his decision. He ended up in a pig pen, living beneath him, living beneath the standard that God had for him. But when he came to himself, one day you're going to come to yourself. You're going to be able to say, I can live better. I deserve better. And I'm going to live better because I deserve it. Each one of you are going to have destiny moments every single day. Moments within crises, moments within problems, moments when you're frustrated, angry, moments when people disappoint you. But you should never self-sabotage yourself by shifting your life into gear and playing the victim. You've got to arise. You've got to think at a higher level. The level that you were intended to think of as heaven's representative. Here's to a great life. Here's to a great year. Your best days lie ahead of you because you made a decision and you've chose life and you've chose blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.